Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show we're going to be looking back over the Laurie Maher Cup final where Cavan suffered defeat at the hands of Fermanagh on Saturday afternoon. We'll hear from the Cavan manager Ollie Bellew and coach Tom Mannion. Uh, we'll also be looking back over the All-County Football Leagues in Division 2 and 3 Um going through myself and Paul Fitzpatrick's predictions from the weekend. But, Paul, starting off with the Horland, I suppose, big disappointment. Uh, I think literally the occasion, the venue, everything got to the players and, and they played way below par. That's that's exactly it, Damien. I fully agree with that. Like, to be honest, and I was chatting to you off air, I, I kind of did fear for Cavan mm. in, in the days leading up to it. For that, for that reason, that... Like was talking to some of the players and they were describing it as surreal, you know, it was just sinking in and like unbelievable achievement to make the final it was brilliant to come from where Cavan had been coming from. But to only have a to only have uh, a week to get over that emotional high and get you literally it's gonna take a few days to come down from that and then literally get back up uh for a, a big challenge like like that and going to Crow Park and you're playing a team who uh, I, I spoke to their manager on Sunday and he was saying that they had an extra game and he felt that was huge and I hadn't thought about that actually but he says when they lost to, to Fermanagh or to, when they lost to Cavan he, he turned around to one of his selectors and said that mightn't be the worst result for us in the long term and they went and watched Monaghan play in Longford and they figured out that they had a good they would get a good chance of getting a good rattle at Monaghan to beat them, got a bit of confidence, got a reset button. They went in against Longford then, are starting to find their form, and and beat them. Suddenly they're coming, to, they're coming here, and they've got the bad game out of their system. They've learned a lot about themselves, and they've two wins, and they had the, the benefit of having played in Crow Park a good few times before. So it was all set up for Fermanagh from that point of view. Now Cavan got off to a good start, mm. um, but as as Ollie Bellew said, you know there was a bit of stage fright there. The touch just wasn't there, and. Fellas just underperformed. I mean, that's just the, it's just the occasion. Yeah, it is. It is. We look at. Let's hear from the Cavan manager Oli Bellew. I spoke to him and Tom Mannion after the game. So joined here in Crow Park after the uh, the disappointment of the Laurie Maher Cup final. I suppose Oli, we'll start with you. It just didn't go Cavan's way. It was one of those days that nothing seemed to go right. Nah, nah. Last week, win every brick. Um, went right for us against Louth. Today it was the total opposite, they went the other way. Um, we bit a straight stage fright from one or two of the boys. Touch wasn't there and stuff, you know, but listen, it's 
a bit over on for a lot of us, you know. And I, we came down on Wednesday and thought we prepared well for Croke Park and we thought we were well organised, but nothing. Then just it's forgetting out there, you know. Fermanagh's few runs in, in the Laurie Maher finals of recent years have stood by them well, and just our boys just got a wee bit of stage fright, so God love them, it's not far on them after the season they've had, like, you know. Yeah, the, the scoreline doesn't reflect the type of hurling that the lads usually play and, and, and some of the characteristics that are normally associated with this team that just didn't show up today. It was, it was one of those things that I suppose it's very hard to prepare for coming into a stadium like Crow Park and the occasion of it. Yeah, like sometimes we have, you know, we've sometimes we've got bad nights of training where we have to stop training, hit the reset button, and then get it going again. You know, it's, Tom would have done that more, more often than not. Like, um, and today was one of those days. But unfortunately, at Crow Park, you can't call the boys in and ask referee to stop for five minutes. You've just got to deal with it and, and the way it's going. And unfortunately, we didn't have that opportunity. So it was one of those flat days where we couldn't perform. But hats off to Fermanagh; they took every advantage of it and and uh, didn't let us breathe once we went under a bit. You know. I suppose, Tom, you've seen this Cavan side playing so well on so many occasions and bringing so much passion. They, they, they look at them there after the game, they're so disappointed because it was uncharacteristic. Yeah, no, like I suppose, uh, Damien, like the, our, our, kinda, our game is built on work rate, energy, tackles, and for whatever reason, whether it was we exerted so much energy last Saturday in the sweltering heat that we just didn't seem to get to the pitch of it and we, we kind of it was kind of a bit of a worry during the week we felt maybe you know that we, we mightn't get to that level and it kind of showed there today for whatever reason we started well and then we just seemed to fade out of it and we just couldn't get our foothold back into it you know what I mean we tried to get a couple of balls inside and uh, we, did, we got one goal and, and a, we had a couple of goal chances but 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 really they from Anna hats off to them you know they were they were well drilled they had us kind of seeing what we, we could do they had us well nullified and uh, yeah no no beaten by the better team so very disappointing from Anna seemed to really emphasise and, and, and hunt after the Cavill puck outs and, and were so hungry around the breaking ball and that after he got that first goal it was a turning point really yeah for sure no the we got like we did a job if you look the stats we did a job in the loud puck out last last week but it was completely the other way around this week and and like hats off to Fermanagh for that I suppose it just seemed like some basic fundamentals that we have in our game around the puck out and that that, that it just didn't it just didn't work there today like and it just for every reason we just didn't switch off on it so you know look at look at we didn't want to be saying it all week but like looking back and we probably have come a, a good way it's just so disappointing that when you get to the biggest day that you don't perform you know to say you've come a good way is, is an understatement, Ali, because from where they've come to standing in the bowels of Crow Park talking to you guys after the Laurie Maher Cup final, it was unthinkable a couple of years ago. So there has to be, while the performance today wasn't what you wanted, there has to be still pride that the progress has been made. Yeah, I suppose we maybe tried to focus on that a wee bit in there. Um, but if we're totally honest with you, it may, it may seem unthinkable to a lot of people, but we had no other ideas in their head other than come to try and win this today um, and we're, we're, we're devastated we didn't um, they have worked their socks off um, there's a brilliant management team around them in there Tom heads up the, the coaching and the tactics and you can see how, how much it's paid off this year it's been fantastic um, but right here now it, it doesn't help at all the fact that uh, we've, we've come so far and we've done so well we're just so gutted about the result today but look they get back in the horse, they go again. That team are, are made of stern stuff and um, 
you know what, let's, let's hope they just stick together and keep going. Yeah, well, Tom, I suppose to, to finish up, there's a lot of pride after being installed in Cavan Hall and the, the miners <laughs> winning today, which was great for a plus, but the important part is the learning from this experience. Yeah, exactly. Like, And I said to the boys, you know, if we, when we look back in the cold light of day when there's a couple of weeks gone by, you know, there are areas we can go at that that group can go after to, to you know to get better for sure. I suppose if you look at it, look at Fermanagh, maybe even their their conditioning, their touch, maybe even a little bit around tactics as well. They were they were, they had that done, but like there are positives there today as well. Like there's there are young lads in Cavan. We've seen that we've seen earlier on in Abbottstown the, the great win, and and then also like the likes of Jack Barry and these lads coming of age throughout the year. You know, it's but it's up to them now to really drive it on and, and try to get back here and show that yeah we we can. Get we can get and compete at a higher level than what we're at at the minute. So so yeah, no overall. And I just said to the boys, like great lads, like really down to earth, want to work hard, want to get better. And I've nothing but but the best of time for those boys in there. Yeah, well, look at hard luck boys, and, and, and well done on the year. It was a good year overall. So congratulations on the day. You 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 can hear that all right. Stage fright, um, you know, the occasion, even referencing that at training they kind of sensed it that it mm-hmm. that's it, it it wasn't just right and it was something that that you know we did we did speak of and and you kind of said to me that i i'm, I'm fearful of this this um game because i don't know if the lads are prepared for the game as much as they're thinking about the occasion and i think in in hindsight you are 100 percent right on it. it and it's a real shame because that's probably the game that most people in Cavan will have watched and they will now associate that performance with this this current Horland team. And that's not a true reflection of how these guys have been playing all year or, in fairness, for the last two years. They just, they look like a completely different team on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There was no comparison. I, this is the first year that I've kind of been covering the Horland um, to any great degree. I think that's the tour game I've seen. I saw them playing for Mana twice and saw this, and there was definitely a big drop off in performance. And the thing about Croker, I meant to say this to you yesterday when we were talking about the Ulster final. Like, we don't get there that often uh, from a media point of view, but sometimes you get up there, and it always strikes me when you, maybe it's because you're up so high in the press box, but the size of the pitch always strikes me. It's the first thing I notice like the space, it's everywhere. And it, like it, it is a totally different ball game. Um, playing football at Hurling and Crow Park compared to anywhere else. Um, the surface, everything else, it's just so fast and sp- spacious. And th- like you probably do need experience of playing there. But if you if you think back, Damien, I was actually thinking about this. It's very difficult to actually think of hardly any team that gets to a final and wins it at the first time of asking. Now it might happen in in junior ranks or in intermediate ranks sometimes. Um, mm, not always. Not not, a, not that often either. No, like I was talking to one of the Cahill Horland fellas and I was saying this to him as sort of a consolation and I was saying, look, even in your own club you lost an intermediate final and then came back and won the intermediate. Um, look at Castle Rahan losing a few finals. Look at Cavan Gales lost the final before they ever won one. Look um, at Arva's. Arva's meteoric rise was lose a junior, win a junior. Lose an intermediate, win an intermediate. Yeah, Paddy Hayes who beat them in that day had lost finals. Uh, it's just endless, endless uh, examples. Like Mullahorn back in the early nineties lost three in a row before they won one. That's right. Um, and Mullahorn in ninety eight managed to, to win one, but they were playing the Gales who hadn't who hadn't um, been in a final either. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm sorry, Mullahorn, I suppose, would have lost one in 95, and they would have lost finals, actually, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so there's almost almost exclusively that's what happens. I even think in handball circles, like Paul Brady lost an All-Ireland before he ever won one in senior singles. Paul Brady and Michael Finnegan lost the final before they ever won a senior double. So they went on and dominated the game for 20 years. Mm. So, like, it's just there is something about it that you win a semi-final and it's so, I think it's because it's such an emotional high to get to a final that you're but particularly not, the first time yeah the first time yeah yeah now some teams lose a couple but a final can just teams can be flat in a final I think that's what it is it mightn't even necessarily be nerves it's just a general flatness it's like it's such you, it's, you feel like you've scaled the mountain I've made it here now but in actual fact you're still at the bottom of the mountain in reality because winning the final is a whole new challenge in itself. So I, I think if Kevin could get back to a final, they'd have a much, much better chance of winning it. But unfortunately, you're going to have the English teams likely back in it next year. It's going to make it difficult. But, you know, I I think they'll have come on so much for what yeah. they played this year. If they can get another player or two to come through into that team. Um, and the under-17s had a good win, but I don't think they can play next year. And I th- there's a few very good players on that. Um, they won Why the, can't they play next year? But I think a first year under-18, under yeah, you're yeah. right. You can't play unless you're Keevy McGovern and and was it Keen Riley? They managed to break that rule. Yeah, yeah, unbeknownst to themselves. Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, that's that that's a shame that that some of those lads couldn't come through. And and well, look at I suppose the next step then for Cavan is is to get an under twenties team and in Horland and and get those guys a continuation of their development because it's important after winning that Tom Hogan that they can push on and get some you know, continue with their development rather than it just fall away now at this at this particular point. So hopefully they do. Bringing it back to the game, as you mentioned, Calvin got off to a good start. They were leaving five points to two after nine minutes and did look fairly good. But the inside forward line for, for Mana, uh, Caelan Duffy and, and, and Tom Keenan in particular, they just always look so dangerous, so electric. It, it was... Two small, nippy little corner forwards that were causing huge problems. Yeah, well, Tom Keenan, Shane Briardy started on Tom Keenan, and Shane's not slow, but Keenan is an absolute rocket. He is mm. an absolute flyer. And like he finished with, with 3 2. Kevin tried a few different markers on him. Now, that fella actually played in a Hogan Cup final for St. Michael's and played really well in the football. Like, there's no horn in, around Canali where he's from. So, talking to some of the Fermanagh ones, they were saying, I don't know where he got it, he came into the Horland at all, but. He's the type of fella that that can play any sport seemingly. I thought he was just so fast, and and when he got a half a chance, he buried it. But looking through their team, they, they definitely looked like a team from a higher grade. That's how well they played in that final. Like they looked like a team that would have started in very well at, at a higher grade. Like Barney McCauley, their centre half, he played a good few years senior with Antrim. And uh, Connor McShay got four points from play from midfield. Sean Carrigan, centre forward, got four. John Duffy, their free taker, uh, he got. Seven or eight, so they were they were getting scores from all over. They just got on, just got on top. Their full back I thought was brilliant as well. Rory, yeah, yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah. So, he, 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 if you look at, if you remember early in the game, there was a couple of long range efforts that John Duffy had a go at, and I remember because having seen Macaulay a few times, he's he's a, a specialist from north of sixty five meters. Um, but once Macaulay came over and started hitting those 80 yards, 70 yard, 80 yard 
freeze you're kind of saying oh god this is you know this is a different standard these boys are now and brian fitzgerald was was excellent on freeze what he finished with 11 in total um or maybe 10 was it yeah i no, i had him down for i think nine uh, sorry let me see one two three four five six uh, yeah nine uh, nine freeze and two from open play i have i had him down for one from play and two 65s and six freeze so we're in in the same ballpark but Mm. And an excellent display, but again, it was the variation of having Duffy and McCauley on the side. I thought Connor O'Shea in the middle of the field was was just for me. He was probably man of the match because he literally covered every blade of grass in in Crow Park. You know, he 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 seemed to be popping up everywhere, and without being a physically big, strong man, he he always seemed to have uh, enough power. To get a shot away from anywhere inside sixty-five, too. Mm. And Ka- like Kaffa made made changes there. They brought in the Shalvey and Mark Moffat in at midfield, mm. um, and I'd say that, that was probably something to do with the with the pitch they were going to play on, and they'd get in fellas with quick hands and uh, could deliver the ball in yeah, fast. Quick feet too. Yeah, and it just it, it didn't really work out for like Mark Moffat was was super in the other games, but. Uh, a really tigerish player, but probably out of position there. I don't think that really worked out. And the other thing I thought was kind of unusual, I don't think Cavan used all their subs, which was probably a bit disappointing because uh, you know the game was gone from them. And it was probably an oversight by the match. Uh, Carney came on, Bart Nannery came on, Philip McCabe came on, um, Kevin Keneally came on, and Eugene Hill came on. Oh, all right, sorry, well, I'm wrong. There. Did you use all? Yeah. Did, did use all five subs? Yeah. Yeah, the figure um, I used was a player who didn't get a run, which, but he kind of went from being midfielder to not getting a run. But so look, it was a big I, call. I wonder it. was that an injury? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Inquired about that, but okay. In the management made some big calls there. I suppose you can you can't blame anyone for taking a chance, like leaving off Kevin Carney from the start. Yeah, it's a big call. You can't blame them. They they were trying something in a final, and they were they were trying to put their best foot forward. So. And you had Quevine Carney was carrying a hamstring injury up until the the loud game. So maybe they were thinking Crow Park, big open space, a really fast, athletic, from man aside. You know he won't last the pace. We need him to finish the game mm-hmm. rather than start it. Which yeah. you could you could completely understand the, the call on that. Yeah, the, the other thing, Damien, and I know we're going to be discussing this later in the week, but I'm going to just hit you with a good gut shot here to soften you up before we get into that. <laughs> uh, I'm, waiting on, I'm waiting for the throw in there, so I'm just giving you a good dig in the ribs here before we start. I, I felt that it was a very underwhelming um, occasion for a Laurie Mara Cup final in Crow Park. You were absolutely pumped going up the, going up the road. This is we're going to see Cabin Horrors here in the national final. And I thought that game was thrown on because they, they had to play it in Crow Park because that's the whole thing with, with these lower division uh, grades in Horland. That there would have been uproar if the mm. game wasn't fixed at Crow Park. But to put it on after the Ulster final left it as a complete afterthought. It also left it that everyone had, had the vast majority of the supporters who were in the grounds were there for the Ulster football final and almost all of them left yeah. uh, straight after that game. Cavan only got, I think, 370 or 380 tickets out of the 18,000. Now, I, I, as far as I know, Cavan actually did make representations to see could it be treated as a separate fixture and would they print tickets that would allow admission, from, say, from 6 p.m.? Because yeah. there was people in Cavan that didn't get tickets. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't allowed. Which brings me back to the whole thing about the tiered 
championships. Without a shadow of a doubt, the football, the lower tiers in football is going to get similar treatment in, in the media and everything else as what, what the Horland is getting. And their GM making great sounds, you know, you know, finally be played in Crow Park, that'll be played on the day of an all Ireland semi final or whatever. If it's thrown on at seven o'clock in the evening when everyone is left, uh, that, that won't that won't cut it. Uh, that th- this game wasn't even on, on TV, and that's meant to be part of it. It was, it was that the- was that was the really sorry, there was lots of it was disappointing for me, but when so to kind of paint the picture when you're doing radio commentary in Crow Park, um, generally the game is on TV, so they they put monitors in front of you so you can see all the replays and you can see all of the action. It's you know two three seconds behind, obviously in in real time, and therefore you get a you get a double view. So you're a bit more accurate when you're commentating. All the monitors were taken away before the Laurie Maher Cup final. Um, now I asked to put them back in. I've seen oh we've got the the Laurie Maher Cup final here, and they said oh yes I will put that back in not realising that it wasn't actually on TG Cahar. I just assumed it was on TG Cahar. Um, but again, it was the the fact that in Crow Park, it was, we'll take away the monitors. Now, I can understand that the monitors were no advantage once it wasn't on TV. But all of those little things just seem to, like, and it's only a small thing. But when I was arriving at the game, I was there for probably about um, four o'clock. I was coming in, um, to uh, the, the the college grounds, whatever you call the one that the ball, I can't think of it, the name eludes me. Um, uh, yeah, all, all Hallows, is it? Or, or uh, no, Clanliffe. Clanliffe College, yeah. Clanliffe. So I, I turned in onto the road, the guards were, were stopping, and I was saying, oh, I'm, I'm media doing for Northern Sound. And they were like, no, you're not. The game started. I was like, no, it's the Laurie Maher game. He's like, what? What's, what's the Laurie Maher game? I said, it's on a half six. All right, okay, have you accreditation? You know, but literally, they were, they were turning me away. They didn't mm-hmm. know about it. And, and that's, that's fair enough. But it all, as soon as I got to Crow Park, it was almost like, okay, well, this doesn't really matter. You know, this game doesn't. And that, that is really disappointing. And it does turn my head to think the way that you're thinking, that, that the tiered championships, with the best will in the world, the GEA don't control what the media do. And the, the amount of coverage a game will get. The only counter argument I will have to that is if we go with a two tier championship in football, I think the media are controlled by the number of papers bought, by the number of listens they get. And if, you know, Cavan are in, or Cavan's probably a bad example, if a team like Mead are in tier two who have a huge population and have a huge following, if 10,000 papers are bought in Irish Independence, are bought in Mead on that Sunday morning, after them winning the Talchton Cup, coverage will be good. Do you know what I mean? So I think that that the popularity of the sport within the county will dictate the the number of column inches, the number of airtime, the minutes yeah, it gets. I agree with that to an extent. Uh, I definitely agree with that to an extent. Like, like to be fair, Cavan, Horan, and Fermanagh Horan are it's never been box office and it's never going to get huge coverage. But like looking through the program here, Damien, there's there's practically nothing about the Laurie Maher Cup in the program. And there's pages and pages. There's a couple of pages about it. There's a, there's a preview by Shane Stapleton. There's the teams. Um, like the preview by Shane 
is very small. It's about seven or eight paragraphs. Um, there's the teams. Now, the, I presume the program was put together by the Ulster Council, and it wasn't necessarily an Ulster. It wasn't under their jurisdiction. It was a national final. So mm. from that point of view, I suppose you, you can't technically blame them for it. But like, there's plenty I wonder, I wonder, was it put together by Ulster Council when I'd say, I'd say it was games that were outside of their jurisdiction? Well, it was under their jurisdiction. Yeah, but the main game was under their jurisdiction. I think it was, because looking at the design of it and everything else, it looks like the Ulster programs. Okay. So, um, but there's hardly anything about the hurling and the holding. You've even got statistical analysis with, of the football with graphs and of every game, and you've got all his stuff. And then the hurling is just a complete afterthought. The teams are even stuck in at the back. The president, Oliver Galligan, the Cavan in his forward, he never mentions the fact that the Cavan and Fermanagh are playing in the national hurling final. That's, it's not even mentioned. It's all about welcome to the 2021 Ulster Senior Football Championship final between Monaghan and Thoreau and Crow Park. Uh, and at the end of it, he says, best wishes to all teams. Uh, but there is a message there from Larry McCarthy as well. And he 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 does mention um, the hurling all right. But I just thought it was disappointing. Um, like the front page of the programme, obviously it's uh, Conor Boyle and Darren McCurry. But the back page then is a collage of uh, Monaghan and Tyrone winning captains lifting the Anglo South Cup. Again, that just leaves everybody in absolutely no doubt that this is a football day and the horrors are only here as a box ticket. Take an exercise. I thought that's disappointing. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with you, and we'll definitely we'll get into the debate on the tier championships properly. Um, how did that, how did that you, how you softened up a bit? How did you have me? Yeah, definitely gut punched. <laughs> um, Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over fifty years. A family-owned and family-run business. Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So moving on to the All-County Football League. Um... For those who are listening in over on the Die Hard service, we've done the review of the Division 1 games that took place at the weekend. Um, for those that are keeping scores, Paul on this week is leading uh, by a single result. He's got four out of the six right so far, and I've got three out of six right. So we're going to continue on with Division 2A, then taking on Butler's Bridge. Uh, Butler's Bridge scored 4-12, then scored 10 points. Paul, we're all level. I took Dan in that one, did I? I took yeah. Dan, yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a report in this game. The bridge are going well, Damien. I didn't even, I wasn't aware of that result until you just said it there, and now I missed that one somehow. Dan, that's an eye-catching result there. Mm. It's, no, so, Butler's Bridge are still down players. This is the interesting part on Butler's Bridge, like that they're not at full tilt, and they're after dealing with a good Den team who, we're very close to Lara, who are a senior team, if you know what I mean. I know it's very hard to draw lines of form, mm. but Butler's Bridge are making making massive waves here at the moment, and and if they're not careful, they're gonna they're gonna put their head up above the pulpit, and and people start talking about them as championship contenders. Yeah, well, look, they're in the final last year, so we probably should be giving them more respect. Um, 
Now, I felt last year they probably came through the easier side of the draw with all due respect to the other teams in it. Um, like Balanya probably had to go through Ballyhays in a semi-final whereas I think the bridge played Killing Care went to extra time in a quarter-final then they played Bailyborough who, who themselves had played Bally McHugh to make that that stage they, I know they'd beaten Jermaine in the last round of the group but I, I felt that the bridge were on the easier side of it because I remember we were even talking in the lead up to it and we were like one of these four teams is going to be in the final yeah. that was in that half of the quarter-final so from that point of view maybe we weren't giving the bridge the respect they deserve but they seem to have kicked on again this year I'm sure um, Darren McCarthy's in charge of them so like he's one of the top managers you know, on the club scene in Cavan without a shadow of a doubt mm. so um, I'm not surprised at that the bridge are going to be right there now where it uh, looks like and the, the intermediate David I know you swear we're on commission from the county board <laughs> coming here championship time and, and we were talking about the senior on the podcast yesterday but the intermediates are starting to heat up now too because there's teams hitting the form Baddy Hayes are in great form Hugh Hullins are in great form the Bridge are in great form Drum Lane are in great form mm. This weekend is sees the final round of, of the All-County Football League then you go to semi-finals and finals a weekend off and then you're at the championship so this weekend is actually a very important weekend for a lot of teams because if you don't make semi-finals you essentially have a three weekend gap before championship and you know that's not necessarily the best position to be in um whereas if you got a semi-final and ideally a final you still have a two weekend gap i think it is and then you're you're into your championship so it's um it's interesting the bridge definitely they're they're making moves in the right direction and that's an eye-catching result as you said you know to beat a team that's preparing for a junior championship um, should be fairly close to the top of their game, and to beat them by fourteen points—that's that's a that's a huge result there for Butler's Bridge. So, um, and a, and a great win for me. Um, okay, Arva against Beltorbet. We both went for Beltorbet on this one, but Arva went and pulled a few players back from the injury list and got the draw out of it. One fourteen, played one fourteen. Um, on the Diehards podcast, we mentioned about the legend that is Jason O'Reilly who he's, he's, he's gone to the mythical stage, I think, now. That, did you hear about the man in Cavan who scored goals for 28 years at club team? <laughs> it's just, it's gone to another level altogether. My father actually was, was talking about listening to the podcast yesterday. And he said, I think I remember him scoring his first goal as a 15-year-old in Balagna. Now, he says he wasn't 100% sure it was his first goal, but he definitely scored a goal as a very, very young lad Um around in, in a championship, a junior championship game in Balagna on a sunny Sunday afternoon. Brilliant. Oh, I'll have to dig that one out for verification, yeah. But like, well, Jason, yeah, but I think on the Arva team, it was all about Conal Sheridan. He's finished with nine points, five of those coming from play. So I think that might be his first outing in the league. He had been injured. That's some going. Ah, serious. But like, he's one of the, he is one of the best forwards um, around on the club scene. Like, he's, the amount of times that he scores nine and ten points in games is, is unbelievable, really. Like, mm. like he's a re- very prolific scorer from from freezing from play. Uh, Kieran Cooney got one too. So Arva were a lot stronger. Definitely with like, Cormac McCabe in a full back, uh, half back line, Mikey Cully, Fimber McAvinney, and Shane Hamilton, which was strong. Brian yeah. McAtee and Fergum played in the middle. Peter Morris on the forty. Um Kevin Boucher back there as well. He got two points. So that's a much, much stronger Arva team. They've all seen, you, I think you mentioned that, that they were all kind of going to come back around the same time. And that's what happened. But on the Batorbid side, Ender Henry, Ender Henry with five frees. 
I'm told we needed a late point from Donald McDonald um, to rescue the draw on this one. So um sounded like a good game. Yeah, definitely did. Definitely did. So good result for Arvid, turning the tide a wee bit there and, and Beltor, but they'll not be too disappointed with it. We'll go through the league table um after this this next result on it. But then the final game in Division 2A, the Wilton Waste recycling Division 2A was Shercock against Lara. Um it finished 15 points to Shercock, 12 points to Lara. You went for Lara, I went for Shercock, so I'm out in front. That was a big call by you. Um, and like I was kind of saying that I thought possibly Shercock were flattered by by the points they had in the table, that they had played teams at the right time. But that's just really proven that that's not the case because by all accounts, this was Shercock's best performance of the season. Um, they played really well on the evening. One up by three. Uh, Shercock had, had or Lara had a chance at the very end, but Aaron Smith stepped up with a save uh, to keep them in the game. But Shercock were, were excellent. Now, um, Lara went out to 14 men uh, for, but about, from about with maybe 20 minutes to go. I think Kieran Cooney was sent off for a tangle with Niall Ferkin. Uh, and, but Lara had been 7-4 up at halftime in this game. Right. So, super second half there by, by Shercock. Maybe the extra man was was, uh, was a big factor there, but by all accounts, Shercock played really well. Yeah, definitely sounds like a, an impressive second half. Um for the home side. What that means though, in terms of the league table is, is exciting because with six games played, all teams, yeah, all teams of six games played in division two, a Cuhullin sit top with, with uh, six wins from six games, which guarantees them the semi-final spot. Um, Shercocker in second with nine points, Lara's in third with eight points, Butler's Bridger in fourth with six points. So Butler's Bridge are out. It's down between Shercock and Lara for that last spot. Um with one more game to go. Isn't there one more game to go? Yeah, there is. There is, yeah. So that's that's going to be interesting to see who makes that semi-final spot um this weekend coming. So um I'm sure both Shercock and Lara will be will be pushing hard to try to get the wins and 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 keep or get into the semi-final spot there. So yeah, well, uh, Lara, let me see the, the fixtures here. Um, Lara are at home to Ballymacue on Friday evening. Shercock are away to Mullahorn on Saturday. So, probably a yeah. tougher task there for Shercock, the away game. Oh, yeah. So, you have the, you, you, you cross across the groups on this one. Mm. Forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that, that is a tougher task for Shercock. Um, but then Mullahorn have only four games played. Mullahorn must be. They're going to have to make up three games this week somehow. Because um, I see later on their game against Ballam is postponed. But yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll move on to Division 2B anyway. Baileyborough against Lavi. Uh, Baileyborough, three goals and seven. Lavi, one goal and 14. So a one-point win for Lavi. We both went for Lavi here. So, um, But goals going in kept Baileyborough in the game, was it? Didn't get any report on this game, Damien, so I don't really know. Um, just sounds like a close one, but I, I, I don't really know on that one. So, Okay, okay. We'll, we'll move swiftly on. Uh, Mullerhorn Ballymacue was postponed. I didn't hear why that was uh, postponed, but for the second week in a row, or sorry, definitely the second game, that's a, a postponed game for Mullerhorn. So um, 
they'll need they need to make up those those games fairly soon. They're the only team in Division Two that have that have played four games. Everybody else is either five or six. The final game then was Drumgoon against Knockbride. Um, Drumgoon twelve points, Knockbride two goals and eight. You went for the winners here, Knockbride. I went for Drumgoon, so we're all level again. Did you get any report on this one? I didn't get a report on this one either, Damien, to be honest. Um, so we're, we're, we're sketchy on the, on a couple of these Division 2 games. But Drumgoon, I think, had drawn three games, hadn't they, coming into that? Yeah. So it was it, maybe it wasn't that far off another draw there, actually. Yeah, it was very close. Like even they're, they've drawn three, lost two, um, played the five games. Their, their complete score against is... Nine points. So um I think I'm right in saying sorry, no, oh, it's eleven points. But um yeah, they're Drumgoon, they're they're competitive in most games anyway, but just not not getting over the line. Now Bright are now sitting top of division two B with eight points from their six games. Lavier in second with five games played, they have seven points. Mullahorner and Tord and probably pole position here, four games played, they have six points. So um, if they can win the, the games in hand, Mullerhorn should go top of the table there. Um, but then you're down. So the, the teams that are still in contention really for the semi-final spots, uh, technically Cornifane are still in contention, but in reality, um, once Mullerhorn Knockbride don't lose both their games, I think that's Cornifane out. Um so it'll be just interesting to see now how, how these games is going to be a busy few days for Mullerhorn to make up the three games that they've missed out on. Moving on then to Division 3A, Drung against Mount Eugent, uh, finished 3-13 to Drung, 12 points to Mount Eugent, and we both went for Drung on this one. Good call. Any report? Yeah, well, Drung, Drung um, were really, like, have been in tremendous form lately. Like, Drung were right up near the top of the table. Been scoring freely and Caelan Riley was the main man for them. He got two five. Uh, Niall Tiernan right. got the other goal. So on the on the Manugent team, Liam Hennessy got seven. Kieran Carfrey got four. Ned Brunton got a point. But Manugent flattering to deceive, and they're going down the rankings every week. I mean, we possibly have overrated Manugent in the last couple of years. We're always talking about them as an outside bet in the junior championship, but Drum seem to be significantly ahead of them based on this result now. Yeah, and and on the table too because. Drung have, have nine points um, from their six games. Mount Nugent have two points from five games. So four losses, one win. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not a great reflection on, on Mount Nugent at the moment. Um, second game then saw Red Hills hosting Kilishandra. Kilishandra came away with the victory here. Seven points to Red Hills, two goals and six to Kilishandra. We both went for Red Hills on this one and we're both very wrong. Um Kilishandra, one Red Hills man described it to me as as the first real test for Red Hills. That Kilishandra were a very good side and and they came up short. Red Hills. Yeah, we were, we were trying to track down a report in this game, but um, Kilishandra were not just forthcoming with, with details uh, from my man in the south, so we weren't able to get together a report on that one, unfortunately. So uh, I don't really. Have anything to add on this one? They seem to be very low scoring all the time. Um, uh, possibly even both Kilishandra and and um Red Hills games. Like, I'm just looking at at the four column. Okay, Kiligarry have have scored less and have killed Allen. But you know, considering the forward line that 
both sides would have available at their best. They're not they're not shooting the lights out really. Yeah, I haven't seen any, any of them playing yet, so um I can't comment too much, but I would have expected a little bit more from Red Hills against Kilisander, but look at that, that division is is tight. It is, it's very tight. Look at the so Kilishandra sit top of the table with 10 points on the board, the five games played. Um, then you've drawn Edrin Hills both in second position with six games played, they've nine points. Um, so it's between the three of them for the semi-final spots. And uh, this weekend we'll, we'll, we'll kind of tighten all that up. So Wednesday night, obviously, um, Kilishandra have a game to catch up. And much of Connacht are the team down below, I'm just looking. They have three games to catch up on, so they could get up to eight points. They've only two points on the board with three games played. But I, I wonder will teams play all these games? Uh, you'd wonder because there's no promotion or relegation, on, isn't that right? No, there's just semi final spot, and, and it's nearly the opportunity to get in games, but mm. it's going to be a very congested um, 10 days or so for yeah. Walter Connacht if they're to play all these games. Yeah, I can't see it. I'd say teams will just let some of these games go by the wayside, to be honest. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Okay, the final division then is the Kite Powertech All-County Football League Division 3B. First game on this was Kill hosting Drum Lane. It finished 2-12 to 9 points. We both went for Drum Lane here. Um, any real surprises on that? Yeah, no, no major surprises on that. Like we, we've, we have been kind of bigging up Drum Lane a bit and we saw it again. 2-12, good scoring. Um, Darren McGorman 1-3, Darren Dolan 1-2, Ryan Conley 4 points. Michael Owens a point. Lots of firepower on that Jermaine attack that has, has been well flagged. Uh, on the kill team, Niall McCaffrey got four. Uh, Liam Keane got a point. Ben McIntyre a point. Sean Gaffney came on and got a point, which is good to see him on. But uh, yeah, no, kill had started the league very well. But but to be fair, like Jermaine would be literally a, a step up because they're they're intermediate and kill are, are junior. So uh, there's just a bit between them. So. Yeah, nine-point win there for, for the West Cavan men. Yeah, second game then, Shannon Gales, two, two West Cavan sides. Shannon Gales against Swanland Bar. It finished 1-11 to 1-18 in favour of Swad. We both went for Swad here. Um, did you get a report on this one? No, Shannon Gales, again, are very, very hard to get details out of them, so we didn't get a report on this one. Tom plays his cards close <laughs> to his chest. He doesn't, he doesn't like to let anybody know what's going on. Um, Templeport hosted or sorry travelled to Drummalee finished 117 to Templeport 12 points to Drummalee but went for Templeport on this occasion um, and probably the expected victory yeah I expect that Do you, like I would have expected Den and Templeport to be hitting form at this time of year now Templeport after shipping six goals against Drummalee was a little bit of a shock but um, as we said maybe that scoreline started Drummalee a wee bit but uh, the bounce back here. Then with that result against against the bridge is kind of I don't know, it just seems very, very um worrying for them. Well, not very worrying, but a bit of a, something that would catch your eye and make you go, Jesus. But uh yeah, Drumley, I don't know what's going on there. They just seem to be idling a wee bit there at the minute. You'd know more than me. Mm, it's up it's up and down in terms of performance and, and personnel, even if, if they can consistently get a team together. That you know the best players they they give most teams in the junior championship a really good run of it, but um, but there seems to be a lot of fluctuation on the starting team in Drummondy at the moment, and um, 
I think that that's down to player availability more than more than anything else. So it's something that Drummley have struggled over the last few years is consistency and trying to get lads consistently together, whether it be to train or or, or to show up for games. And it's something that uh, that you don't you don't win competitions unless you get that solved. So um, yeah, like they look at that league, they've lost four games, one two, um. You know they'll they'll be disappointed with the with the overall outcome of that league. I know with one more game to go, but they're out of contention for a semi final spot there, as it stands. Whereas you look at Templeport, you know they've scored their total four column is is a hundred and three, and four. So Templeport's forwards are going to cause problems. And just looking up, I know it's a, a different division, but then have only scored fifty one, a total, um, conceded sixty nine. So. Um, Templeport will 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 be looking at this and saying, right, if our forwards go at this, then backline we we can we can make hay on it when it, when it comes to that junior final. But mm, I I thought that then defence was pretty good the, last year. Like it seems so long ago now, but like you had Massey Massey on the edge of the square and you had um, Gaffney there and yeah. Cormac Cusick Smith. They were they were a pretty tough outfit. They weren't giving away very much in the junior. So uh, I'm looking forward to that battle now. Yeah, yeah, be interesting to watch it. Uh, final game then, Mahara against Kill. Uh, Kill coming away with the, or sorry, yeah, Mahara against Kill. This was their second game of the weekend. Kill coming away with the victory, one twenty to one four. We both went for Kill, um, on that one, which means that um, out of the eighteen games at the weekend, I got eleven right, and you got eleven right, Paul. So it's a draw. It's going to extra time. Yeah, that's a disaster. That's an embarrassment to be honest. Yeah, they're only yeah. draw. only draw with you. Like your your prediction, uh, are known <laughs> far and wide for your horrendous prediction. So I, I'm I'm embarrassed. I want to apologise to the listeners. I'm embarrassed. Really. Even though last year I beat you in the championship predictions. Ah, uh, yeah, but but listen, uh, listen, listen. You're only as good as your last game. Exactly. And my last performance is that I'm, I've dipped and I've come down to your level now, unfortunately. <laughs> but we're 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 going to get better on it. Um, yeah. So just to finish off the kite cap power tech. All County Football League Division 3B. Drum Lane are sitting top. Six wins from six games. Templeport in second. Five wins from six games. The only team that they lost to was Drum Lane. Kill Shamrocks then in toward with eight points, which is just two losses from their six games. So pretty much form being the consistency of the top three teams. I think Kill have only lost to Templeport and Drum Lane in that division. So um, it'll come down to the final weekend but you'd imagine Templeport and Drumlane should top the groups there in Division 3B uh, and make the semi-final. So the other one is, is down between Red Hills and Drung to see who's going to make the semi-final on that side of it. So um, that's pretty much all we've time for, Paul. There's some All-County Football League games on tonight. Later on, we'll, we'll, we'll bundle them in before the weekend because it will make a difference on the league standings and we'll, we'll get looking back over them. But... We have lots more to come up on the Die Hearts podcast over the remaining days of the week. We look back or look ahead, sorry, to the Camogie. Uh, they're taking on down on Saturday afternoon in Kingspan Breffney in the final game of their uh, Premier Junior All-Ireland. Um, that's in Kingspan Breffney. So we'll be talking to Aideen Coy, looking ahead to that, looking back over the under-16s, also the final where they lost out to Antrim in Butler's Bridge. And we're going to get into a debate with Paul, we're going to do a couple of debates at some stage over the next few days. One is on the importance of league. Did we come up with a proper title of this one? No. 
it's not going to be much of a debate because you keep changing what the debate is going to be about. Basically, you say the league is irrelevant, and I'm saying it's very relevant. <laughs> no, that is isn't, not. Isn't that the debate? That is not the debate. <laughs> we're going to have the first debate is going to be about what the debate is going to be about. We're going to we're going to have a debate anyway. We're definitely going to have a debate, and uh, we're also going to be talking about the tier championships in in more detail. We'll go through the proposals of uh, what's coming up in Congress in November. Um, so we'll we'll have a look at those over on the diehard service as well. So the biggest very- the biggest cod in the GA at the minute. I'm going to leave you with this statement. The biggest cod in the GA at the minute is this uh, this old chestnut that's going around that the National League is the best competition. Don't give me that shite. That is absolute rubbish. How could the National League be better, we'll say, than the Ulster Championship? How could it be better? How could the National League be better than the Connacht final with Galway and Mayo going at it? There's no comparison. So I'm going to leave you at that one. You can stew on that for the next couple of days before we get into this debate. Can I also just point out to the listeners in case they don't subscribe to the Die Hard service that we did correct the wrong that Paul Fitzpatrick said there was no way Tyrone were going to win the Ulster title this year. (laughs) And we... We, uh, we dealt with that issue and Paul's predictions. So I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of clarify Paul's last comments there that sometimes Paul is wrong. That's a Mickey Brennan move you have to put in there. That's a slide tackle. <laughs> and we, weren't, we weren't talking about Tyrone. We were talking about this other uh, thing that I, I believe wholeheartedly. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the rest of the week, folks. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave and it's over the lap and Cavan are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill. What a day he is having. Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan. Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah!